whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Brought to you by Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Good morning, Joe. Nice to have you here. How are you? I'm very well. I'm great. I'm one happy bunny because um, finally a new album and the tour's back on and life is looking pretty positive right now. That's all right. Well, it started with kind of a mystic touch on the countdown on the Def Leppard website. There is definitely something coming up. After seven years, you're heading the record, st the record stores with Diamond Star Halos, your 12th album. What can we expect? Well, it's a little different, but um, it's still Def Leppard. So we like to think of ourselves as a little bit of a musical enigma to a point like... Like the band Queen were a great example of you really didn't know what to expect next. You know, they were a rock band, but they could do these great piano ballads and these epic songs and great vocal harmonies and just a, a great mixture of styles. You know, this album is very similar to that, the same way that Hysteria was. Hysteria wasn't essentially a, a rock album. It was, it was a rock album and a pop album. It, it had all sorts of different flavors to it. Um, this album is very different. It, it's, it was started in 2020. We've, hold on, we've been holding on to it for over a year because we didn't want to release it in the middle of a pandemic. We wanted to hold off for better times, which I think we're moving into, you know. Uh, so musically, it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag because being in lockdown and being in a situation where we could only record remotely, we didn't see each other. We literally sent files of performances to each other via our producer and he glued it all together but we opened up musically there's a lot of very very kind of very different styles very different styles of music on there so there's there's this stadium rockers and stadium anthems what you'd expect from a band like Def Leppard but there's also a couple of kind of more country tinge stuff where we have a I duet with Alison Krauss on two songs, for example, and also on a couple of the uh, slower songs, we used a pianist named Mike Garson, who used to play with David Bowie from Aladdin Sane onwards, um, and he really added a lot of color to the songs that wouldn't necessarily been something we'd have indulged in the past. So we were very open-minded in our songwriting because of the fact that we were in lockdown. We just said anything on the table is is encouraged so if people were doing songs that weren't necessarily what people may expect from Death Leopard we were totally fine with that yeah let's talk about the musical side of your album in a few moments I like the artsy side of the upcoming record who and what inspired you most on this magnificent artwork around it well We were very fortunate. We've got a great team around us. You know, when we started this album in March of 2020, um, we didn't have a record deal. You know, we were, we're signed to Universal Records for our back catalogue and the digital, but for the new record, we didn't have a label. So we weren't really even thinking about the artwork. But once the record was kind of finished and, and Universal heard it and they wanted to release it, we started working with their art department. And um, we... we The way we like to do art, we don't sit there and dictate what we want. We let people make suggestions in certain directions that we will then agree on and go, okay, that's the way to go. So when the, the idea of tattoos got mentioned, we didn't want it to look like Popeye the Sailor or some 
80s LA metal band that had tattoos all over their body. We wanted it to look a bit more arty, so we went for the style that we went for. And the 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 art direction kind of just it just fell into our lap really we were we were sent the the art department at universal got involved in all this and they were just sending us like sketches of ideas and we would look at them and we would yes them and we would know some of them you know that kind of thing and um eventually we found a direction that we were all really happy with and we just let them get on with it and it was it was a beautiful thing to see the finished product come in because it just looks so unique you know it reminded us all of all the albums that we used to buy as kids when artwork meant something when you were on vinyl and everything was 12 inches square and it was big there was a lot of room for artwork to breathe whereas when it's on a cd it's a lot smaller so you have to kind of compromise what you're going to use for art but with this we wanted it to be big we wanted it to look like all the classic artwork that we grew up looking at as kids, whether it be Led Zeppelin's work or Pink Floyd or UFO or, or Elton John, some of the great artwork that belongs on album covers, we wanted to kind of replicate that feeling because musically it was a very 70s album and uh, the artwork, we wanted it to re- to represent that, that the way the music was. So we were... we, we we accepted what we were offered, if you like. You know, we worked with them, but it, we we don't like to get too close. It's much better if you look. It's like going to a gallery. You see a painting, and if you like it, you buy it. You know, um, and that's the way the artwork was. Out of all the all the suggestions that were put to us, this was the one that we kind of enjoyed the most. Okay, let's go straight to the music. Your new album is gonna be released on the twenty seventh of May. Uh, how did it work out on writing and recording? It was actually a lot easier than you'd think. Um, it was a strange, strange time. You know, we were all in pandemic. We were all in lockdown. Um, and the, literally, it was just starting. You know, we we had no idea what was going on, really. All we knew was that all the flights were cancelled. So all the guys that were, you know, the band was supposed to be flying to Dublin, Ireland, where I live, to record uh, just a few songs. We weren't trying to make an album because... You have to remember this is March 2020 and we were due out on the road with uh, with the stadium tour in June. So that meant rehearsals would have started around May. And so we'd have had the last bit of March and April. So we would have maybe just seen what kind of ideas that we had and we would have maybe got three or four songs on the go to come back to and finish after the tour. But all of a sudden we're in lockdown. So myself and Phil Collin, we got on the phone And said, okay, so what do we do now, seeing as you can't travel? So we came up, in 30 minutes, we came up with this idea of working remotely. We've, we have actually dabbled with it in the past. We've, we've done little bits of previous albums remotely, um, but we've never done an entire album that way. But we knew that we could because we've done it in the past in little bits, so we could do an entire album. It's the same principle. Our sound engineer was totally on board with it because he was the guy that we were going to be sending all the all the performances to, and he would glue them all together. But when he came to the actual songwriting, in that first initial phone call with Phil, I said to him, okay, so what do we have? And he said he had two songs that he'd co-written with somebody else that weren't necessarily for a Def Leppard project, but he was going to offer them up anyway. He'd written two songs, I'd written three songs, and Sav had written two songs. 
So we had nine songs to be getting on with. And throughout the process of the recording, myself and Phil Collin wrote five more. So we had 14. Um, and it was, a, it was a joy to work this way. I've got to tell you, it was an absolute joy. We were just sending ideas back and forth. He was in California and I was in Dublin. So there was an eight-hour time difference. But it worked in our favor because I was working on stuff he'd sent to me while he was asleep. And he'd be working on stuff that I'd send to him while I was asleep. And then it all went to our engineer, producer, to fasten it all together. Um, and we did this on and off for six, seven months. We just had a really great time. You know, instead of everybody sitting around in my studio and they're waiting to play, they were sitting around in their own homes. So they weren't away from their families. It was a much more relaxed way of recording. It was a much better way of recording than the traditional way, if you like. It really was, you know. So we had the 14 songs finished and we went back to just living our lives at home in lockdown with an album finished. And then Phil phoned me at one day and says, I've just written this other song. And it turned out to be Kick, which was the first song that we've released off the album, was the last song that got written. And when he played it to me, I said, we've got to put this on the album. So we we basically all picked up again and started working until we got that song finished. And then we had a 15-track record. And it was an absolute joy to make the album this way. I don't really want to go back to doing a traditional record ever again. You mentioned The Appetizer. You released Kick last week, which is an absolute hot track, tearing us straight back to the 80s. Good times. We can feel the good mood shining through the groovy rocker. Many fans might just sing along. What's the song Kick about? If Well, if you listen to I mean, it's, it's one of those instant songs where as soon as you hear it, It, the message is we're we're not you know we're clear we're we're in a good time mood again if you like you know it's it's not about lockdown it's not about getting out of lockdown but what it is it's a celebration of life it's an anthem it's a stadium anthem it's a, it's an arena anthem it's got the big na 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 hook it's just one of those real good time songs that reflects back to the 70s it's not some massive lyrical statement of, of like a Bob Dylan song. It's a good time rock and roll song where the the meaning of the lyrics is as important as the frenetic sound of them. If, if, if this frenetic sound is even more important, it's just a great sing along song. You know, we like three minute, four minute pop rock songs. These are the songs that we grew up listening to as kids. It wasn't all Zeppelin and Sabbath and deep purple It was Sweet and Slade and David Bowie and specifically T-Rex and Mott the Hoople and bands like that that did these three-minute songs that were all really guitar-heavy, big drums, big choruses, and, and, you know, but they were singles. They were pop songs, you know. They were, pop means popular, and they were released as singles, and they were, they were big hits, and they were the kind of songs that influenced who we are. This song is like a four-minute kind of, hybrid of that entire era from 1971 to 1974 but brought right up to date into the year 2022 yeah and it's all, all it's only one song right out of a bright bunch of shiny rock songs which song sparkles the most on diamond star halos which one is your favorite um well it's such a new record it's really difficult to pick a favorite because there's so many different types of songs You know, as the rockers go, you've got Kick. There's a song called Fire Me Up. 
Um, there's also Give Me a Kiss That Rocks, SOS Emergency. They are what Def Leppard rock fans would deem to be classic leopard, you know. But the it's the stuff that's a little left of field that really still makes me kind of tingle when I hear it. It's things like Angels, Can't Help You Now, and Goodbye for Good This Time, which are the two songs that feature Mike Garson on piano. Phil wrote these two songs that, that segue together. They, they're kind of glued together. Um, Liquid Dust and You Rock Me. They're really great kind of album tracks. Very different. One of them starts off on a ukulele, which is not an instrument that's known for rock and roll very much, you know. So there's, there's, there's different types of songs. that my, there's a, I have a favorite slow one and a favorite rocker. At the moment, Kick is really doing it for me because it's bringing back the good times kind of a song. But there's a lot of depth to the record. So there's a lot deeper songs than Kick on there. But the whole thing is almost like a concept record. Not concept as in lyrically like a Pete Townsend concept album like Tommy or Quadrophenia. It's a concept album in the fact that the way it was pieced together, the mind thought behind how the songs came together and the running order of them specifically and the sound throughout the songs gives it a conceptual feel that it's it's a statement from a specific time in our career. And I think it's one of the greatest things that we've ever done. So to pick one song out is, is a really difficult task. You mentioned before you recorded two songs together with Alison Krauss. How does this country flavor fit into straightforward British rock? Well, it's not that difficult. If you think about it logically, you know, you've got bands like the Eagles that are a kind of a country rock band, but they can still rock out pretty hard. Um, and then you've got bands like the Faces with Rod Stewart. They touched on country. The Rolling Stones have touched on country. The Choir Boys have touched on, on country. It's, it's still rock. It's just as a flavor that way. It's the fact that on one of the songs, which is called This Guitar, which incidentally Phil wrote in 2003, and I've been begging him ever since that we need to do that song one day, and it took us 17 years to actually get around to doing it, and it's 19 years now when, by the time the album comes out. Um, Vivian put some beautiful slide guitar on it, and then there was some pedal steel guitar went on it, You know, not dissimilar to what the Rolling Stones have done in the past. And it just, that gave it the twin, you know, the kind of, the, it just tipped it a little bit towards kind of country rock. And Alison Krauss has been a friend of ours for a very long time. So by absolute coincidence, our manager was talking to her manager about something else and just happened to mention it. I was also, I was talking with Robert Plant about soccer, of all things. And he said to me, what are you up to? And I said, oh, we're doing a new record. And he said, oh, I can't wait to tell Alison because you know you're like her favorite band. And that just put her back into our mind. So we said, why don't we see if she wants to sing on this song? So we sent her that and Lifeless because Lifeless is also a kind of a country-ish type tune. And she heard them and she really couldn't decide which one she wanted to do. So we said, why don't you do them both? So she said, Can I? And I've said, of course. So we let her just attack both of them. And her contribution to those two songs is immense. It's absolutely superb. Awesome. As you wrote on your website, this year is going to be the year of Def, of Def Leppard. What can your fans expect on tour this very summer in the US? Well, this is the beautiful thing. Sometimes out of 
hardship comes some kind of light at the end of the tunnel, you know. There's no denying that the pandemic and the coronavirus has has damaged a lot of people's lives. It's taken a lot of people's lives. Um, all we could do while this was going on was stay clear of it and be healthy when it came out the other side, which is why we stayed remote, um, even though if we wanted to get together, we couldn't have done. But even at, in our individual homes, we've stayed remote and kept ourselves as safe as we could so that when it did clear, we could come back to life, if if you like, and move on with our career, you know. Um, had this tour happened in 2020, we wouldn't have had a new record to promote. So it would have been us on the road playing all the songs people are familiar with. What we have the opportunity to do now in America this year is play two or three new songs off this new album and mix them in with the hits and be promoting a new record, which is exactly what all artists want to do. You know, you want to keep adding new life to your back catalogue, adding new songs to the set so it's not the same thing all the time. Specifically a, a legacy band, it's very difficult to to fit the new songs in when you've got so many old ones that people want to hear. But as an artist, it's your job to try and make it work. So it's a beautiful thing that we are going to be promoting a new record. There's 36 shows in stadiums all over America and Canada this year. And the good news is, as far as Europe's concerned, we are absolutely bringing this tour to Europe in 2023. That will be my next, my next question. Uh, the fans in Germany are desperate on seeing you and your band on stage. Are there other plans on touring Europe yet? Yeah, yep. They're all in, all on. They're all being pencil. They're in pencil. They're all being inked in now. Obviously, it's a year away. It's more than a year away. But um, we're working on festivals and stadiums all over Europe, and of course Germany. Um, the last time we played in Germany, we did some shows with Bon Jovi, and it was so, it was a fantastic time for us. You know, it was great to hang out with John because we've known John since 1986. Um, and those guys are great guys to play with. Um, but we're going to bring this show. It's going to be a totally different kind of show this time. New songs, new, you know, just renewed energy because of two years away. So, yeah, there'll absolutely be shows in Germany for sure. Okay, so I got the final one. While bringing back the joy of rock and roll to the crowd and many young musicians as well, is there a message you want to share with all the young guys buying their first guitar and amp? Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, well, all I can say is if you've just bought a guitar and an amp or a drum kit or a microphone or a piano or whatever, you've bought one because you're inspired by something that you've heard. And that inspiration you should never lose. Always keep that flame alive of what got you into wanting to be a musician in the first place. Always keep that alive. Don't let the business side of it get you down. Always try and write a better song than the last one you wrote. And just write out the hardships like we've just had to do. We had to spend two years apart, yet we somehow managed to turn it into a positive. And that's my, that's my kind of mantra, if you like. My glass is always half full. It's not half empty. And that's the way you've got to look at it. You've got to think positive, always listen to everything, soak it all up, do your own thing and follow your heart. Okay, thank you, Joe, for the nice talk. We're looking forward to see you out on the road again. My pleasure, Oliver. Thank you. Whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Subscribe to our channel for more rocking podcasts.